Welcome back, friends, to Hope is a Prayer Way. I am your host, Pastor JJ. And before we descend on our Bible study today, I would like to remind you that all of my Bible studies are free for you to download and copy. And all of my Bible studies come with no strings attached. There's no registration uh, requirements. There's no email required, no subscription fees whatsoever. Uh, no thumbs up, no like buttons, and you will never have to pay a penny for any of my Bible studies. My only goal in creating this podcast and the website is to hopefully connect you with Christ Jesus. And He paid the price for all of us. Amen? Now, we do have a voluntary contact form if you would like to receive my latest Bible study before it gets posted to our website, but it is 100% voluntary. If you want to see the Bible studies that we have available, uh, you may go to please www.hopeisaprayerway.com That's www.hopeisaprayerway.com Now, let's get into the Word of God. And in today's Bible study, we're continuing uh, a course of studies on the rapture. And it's going to be a a four-part series. And this is part number two. And what is amillennialism? And according to Ed Garrett, or Jared, I'm sorry, Christ is returning for his church. On that, nearly all Christians agree. But there is no universal consensus as to what the second coming will be like. Now, over the history of the church, there have been a number of frameworks developed to describe Christ's return and the events surrounding that return. And at the center of each of these is a short passage in Revelation 20, verses 1 through 10. Now, this passage passage describes the binding of Satan, the resurrection, judgment, and a thousand-year reign of martyrs along with Christ, followed by the losing of Satan, a final battle, and a judgment on Satan. The thousand-year period in the middle of this passage is termed the millennium, and each of the major frameworks is identified by how they understand this period. Now, premillennialists, they understand Christ's return to come prior to the millennial period. Postmillennialists and amillennialists understand that Christ's return to occur after the millennium. Now, they differ in that postmillennialists see the millennial as a physical reality on earth while amillennialists see it as a spiritual reign in heaven. So, let us define what is amillennialism. Amillennialism is actually misnamed. The A at the beginning means no, indicating the proponents of this position believe that there will be no millennial reign. But that is not accurate. A better title would be something like Realized Millennialism, indicating that we are currently in the millennium. Amillennialism is not new. Many throughout the history of the church have held that view. 
and by the time of Augustine, it had become the dominant view of the Church. It is still the dominant view of the Eastern Orthodox Church, the Roman Catholic Church, and many Protestant churches. And it was the view of the Reformers including John Calvin and Martin Luther. Amillennialism understands the Kingdom of God proclaimed by Jesus and His Apostles to be synonymous with the Millennial Kingdom of Revelation 20 verses 4 through 6. The Kingdom of God is a present-day reality with Christ ruling from heaven, and it is a kingdom populated by all those who have given their lives to the Lordship of Jesus. Now, let's see if we can define what is the Millennium. So how do a millennialist understand these 10 verses in Revelation 20 that talk about Satan's binding, the thousand-year rule of Christ, followed by the release of Satan? First of all, we do not understand them to be symbolic. They are describing real events. Secondly, we do understand there are there is much symbolism throughout the book of Revelation. And finally, that Revelation was written to give encouragement to the church of its day. While it does point to the end of times, it was about what was happening in the first century. Let us talk a little bit about Satan's binding. Satan's binding seems to usher in the thousand-year rule. So when does this binding occur? Well, some will point to this being a future event. The Bible gives plenty of clues to indicate that it has already occurred. And in Matthew 12, 28 through 29, the strong man, and in parentheses Satan with a question mark, is tied up and his house robbed. And in John 12, 31, Jesus, prior to the to the cross says that the time for judgment has come and the prince of this world would be driven out. In Colossians 2 verses 15, the Apostle Paul says that Jesus triumphed over satanic powers by the cross. And in Hebrews 2 verses 14 through 15, we read that Christ by his own death destroyed the power of the devil. And in 1 John 3, 8, John says that Christ appeared to destroy the work of the devil. Now, Satan's influence over the world seems great right now, but he is bound and limited in his ability to deceive the nations. But that binding will come to an end at some time in the future. So let's look at the first resurrection. In Revelation 20, verses 4 through 6, is less about a thousand-year rule and more about what it calls the first resurrection. This resurrection involves only believers, believers who have given their lives for Jesus and refuse to worship the beast. So these believers will reign with Christ for this thousand years and will not be harmed by the second death. The rest of the dead do not come to life until the thousand years are over. So who are these who participate in the first resurrection? While some would argue 
that they are limited to only tribulation mortars, amillennials believe that these include all believers who have died. And in Philippians 1.23, Paul expresses that he longs to depart and to be with Christ. He anticipates that at his physical death he will enter into the presence of Christ. We see the resurrection not as being a one-time event at some point in the future, but rather as an ongoing harvest of believers. And each of us, when we leave this life, is ushered into the presence of Christ and the rule of his kingdom. And before we get a little bit further, let me just uh, remind you of the two thieves on the cross with Jesus. One mocked him and one asked for forgiveness. And he said to the Lord, Lord, please don't forget me when you come into your into your into your paradise now i'm paraphrasing i'm not reading from the bible and jesus said to him today you will be with me in paradise so as we read uh what john's or what, what john said or paul in philippians 123 that he expresses that he longs to depart and to be with christ and that he anticipates that at his physical death he will enter the presence of Christ. There's a lot to be said about that, and I do believe that to be true. I believe that once we close our eyes, immediately we are ushered into the presence of our Lord. But that's my opinion, and I leave the, the points of views to everybody else. We all have our different opinions, and I don't want to impose mine on anyone. But that part I do believe is correct. Now, what happens dur during the duration of the millennium? A millennials believe that the millennium is a heavenly rule inaugurated at the death and resurrection of Christ and concluding at his return. The thousand-year span in Revelation 20 verses 1 through 10 is not a literal thousand years. Rather, it symbolizes a long period. It represents the entire church age from the cross to the second coming. So let's talk about the last battle, as we find it in Revelation 20, verses 7 through 10. So Satan is released from his prison, deceives the nations, and gathers them together to do battle. He leads his army against the camp of God's people, but fire from heaven destroys his army and Satan himself is cast into the lake of fire. The same lake of fire holds the beast and the false prophet that will, that will hold those whose names are not written in the book of life. But this is, all, but this is not the only great map battle mentioned in Revelation. In Revelation 16, verses 12 through 14, it reads, Now the sixth angel pours out his bowl, and a great army gathers for battle on the great day of God Almighty. There is no mention of this battle being fought. But it would seem to be the same battle described in Revelation 20, verses 7 through 10. And in Revelation 19, 
verses 19 through 20. The beast and the false prophet gather the kings of the earth and their armies to do battle against a heavenly rider on a horse. Friends, that rider appears to be very much Jesus. And the result is the same as the battle in Revelation 20, verses 7 through 10. Destruction and the lake of fire. Rather than three separate battles, these all appear to be the same battle mentioned in three different times. This battle is fought at the end of the age and ushers in the final resurrection and judgment of the dead along with the new heaven and earth. And it represents Satan's final attempt to thwart God's plan for his creation. Let's summarize the views of the amillennialism. They believe in a literal reign of Christ along with his resurrected saints. But we believe this reign is a heavenly one rather than on earth. We believe it to be a present day reality. And that it involves all believers, in particular those who have died and are with Christ. And friends, if you're listening to this podcast, and if you are not sure, that your name is written in the book of life. Today's your day, my friends. Today's your day. God's calling you. And if you would like to accept Christ, let me give you the analogy that I give all of my Bible students. For days, months, and years, God has reached out his hand to you. And you know that he's been calling you. But we put it off, we get busy, or now's not the right time in our minds. But let me ask you this. How do you feel when you extend your arm out to say hello to someone and they don't shake your hand? We feel pretty bad, don't we? But lucky for us that God is not a God that's full of grudge he doesn't hold grudges against us he doesn't want to pounce on us he's not going to tell you I told you not to commit that sin no friends he just wants to forgive all of your sins and the Bible says that he cares not to remember them anymore so as he extends his arm out to you and his hand, if you would like to take his hand and hold it and accept him as your Lord and your Savior, I am going to read a prayer. And if you would like to follow along and accept Christ, Heavenly Father, we come before your throne. We ask you, Lord, for forgiveness of all of our sins. And this day, Father, please let us hold your hand. Please become our Lord and Savior. Father, from this day forward, please walk with us. Talk to us. Guide us. Protect us. And we want our names to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
thank you for the sacrifice you made for me on Calvary. I accept it, Father, from this day forward. And I want to spend eternity with you in heaven. Amen. And friends, if you said that prayer, I do believe you are born again. I encourage you to find a good Bible teaching and preaching church. Grow in the Lord. Learn all you can. And let me share something with you. There's not 500 books to buy. and No, just grab your Bible. The Bible is a dictionary unto itself. And get into it. And, and, and look and search. Ask the Lord to lead you. Do your due diligence. The Bible is the only book you need. It's a guide for your life. Of a guide of how to be right with the Lord. And, how, and a guide to get you to eternity. To salvation. And forgiveness. Everything is found. Relationship values. Everything. Nobody knows more than the Lord. Amen. So I, I like to close all of my podcasts. And I like to remember and honor uh, a pastor that my wife and I saw for so many years. And he was a fireball. A, just a great man of God. What an outstanding second to none. His name was John H. Osteen, and I remember that he would always close out his TV sermons by this, with this phrase, which I believe is the best phrase I've ever heard. And he would say, keep Jesus first place in your life, and he will take you places that you've never dreamed of. Amen. Friends. Thank you for the privilege of your time and being able to share Christ with you. And I will look forward to talking with you tomorrow as our broadcast, our podcast is broadcasted at 9, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I thank you. God bless you.